1: Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
0: You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Locked on Dolphins, our next-to-last episode in the year 2020, which has been a crazy year, but nevertheless, a year that has been kind to your Miami Dolphins. Today, power to the pod. It's your show, your questions, your topics, everything that you want to talk about pertaining to your Miami Dolphins. I'm merely just steering the boat. Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins, and today's episode is is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season has been different. Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi is made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. We have some football to be watched. This weekend, week seventeen, it is the Dolphins most high stakes week seventeen contest in oh uh, twelve years, no big deal. And I think one of the interesting things about this game is you're seeing a little bit of gamesmanship from the other sideline and a team in the Buffalo Bills who are going to enter this game at twelve and three. They will be either the two or the three seed, and they really don't have a lot to play for especially after the news came out yesterday that the Steelers are not planning on playing Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers are the team that is threatening the bills for the number two seed in the AFC. And with the new playoff structure, only one team gets a bye. So the bills are playing two weeks in a week and a half on wild card weekend. They'll play at Buffalo. The question is just who they're going to play. Uh, but the bills with that kind of lack of leverage and the dolphins having everything to gain and lose, Uh, It makes for a pretty interesting subplot for this Sunday's game in Week 17, despite the fact that it's such a high-stakes game for Miami. The gamesmanship, though, from Sean McDermott has already started. Bills coach Sean McDermott said that the team plans to keep their intentions internal, but they do have a plan in place for how they will choose to address. A game that has very little for the Bills to gain, but everything for the Dolphins to gain or potentially lose. Dolphins fans keeping an eye on this football game, what should they expect? This is not dissimilar to the card the Buffalo Bills played in Week 17 of last season. The Bills, in 2019, were 10-4, and losing to the New England Patriots, and were locked into the AFC's number 5 seed, entering Week 17 against a lowly New York Jets team. Coach Sean McDermott played coy throughout the course of that week as well, before ultimately announcing that a number of critical starters on the offensive side of the football and cornerback Tredavious White would not dress for that Week 17 game against the Jets. And quarterback Josh Allen in that game attempted five passes before being pulled and backup quarterback Matt Barkley attempted 35 attempts in a 13-6 Bills loss to the Jets. If the early returns this week are any indication of what the Bills' intentions are, expect something similar to take place. Whether or not Sean McDermott is hoping or aligning to have his players, quote unquote, stay in routine and on schedule as one of the league's hottest teams entering the playoffs, or perhaps looking and fishing for what a Dolphins' competitive game plan would look like in the event that these two teams do meet in the postseason. The Bills have their motivations, but for the Dolphins, everything remains simple and clear. You want to be the five seed? Win the football game. And it doesn't really matter whether the Bills are playing their starters or their backups. The expectation and the game plan that the Dolphins are going to implement this week in a must-win scenario is the same. Of course, the Dolphins can make the playoffs with a loss, but they'll need some help, and the help in which the Dolphins would be relying on is not most likely. Miami, with a loss, would need one of three teams to lose. The Baltimore Ravens, who are playing the Cincinnati Bengals. The Indianapolis Colts, who are playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Or the Cleveland Browns, who are playing the Pittsburgh Steelers without their starting quarterback. So for the ease of mind of the Miami Dolphins entering this football game, let's just keep things straightforward. Let's take care of business. And if the Bills oblige by resting critical starters and choosing not to make this a competitive football game from a talent perspective, then the pressure falls on the Dolphins to simply take advantage, take the win, and don't look back. As things currently stand, and basing things off of Sean McDermott's most recent comments, it appears as though that opportunity will be afforded to the Dolphins. In some of the preparation Uh, for this Sunday's game. We'll get the power to the pod here in just a sec. Some of the preparation for this game. Uh, One of the things that jumped out at me is the Dolphins will not play another game in December this season. Obviously, Week 17 falls on January 3rd. With the Dolphins not playing another game in December this season, we've had a chance to get a two-year sample size of Brian Flores' football teams and how they play throughout the start to the end of the year. September, October, November, and December. And it's really impressive to see what the splits look like for the Dolphins. Uh, and I'm going to read the numbers to you. And I, I don't want you to be alarmed by the numbers that you hear. Just hear the numbers and we'll talk about why they look the way they do. Uh, Brian Flores' Miami Dolphins in September, in two years under Brian Flores, are 1-6. and 1-6. and six. That's a 14% win percentage in two years playing games in the month of September. In the month of October, they are two and four, a thirty-three percent win percentage. Two and four in two seasons. November and December alike. Both November and December, the Miami Dolphins, the last two years combined, are six and three. So the first half of the season, over a two-year sample size, the Dolphins are three and ten. And then the back half of each of Brian Flores' first two seasons with a January game still left to be played. So we're just looking at this from a month's perspective: September, October 3 and 10, November and December 12 and 6 as a football team. If coffee is for closers, poor Brian Flores one big ass cup of coffee. Because his football team knows how to close. They know how to get better. They know how how to improve from start to finish. And the Dolphins were unable to carry over the momentum from their finish in 2019 to the start of 2020 because the Miami Dolphins, for two consecutive seasons, have dramatically and drastically torn down their roster and reinfused it with new faces and new players. You'll get more of that in 2021, but it'll be a much lesser degree because there's going to be much less attrition and players that are just booted off the roster. So think about that foundation. You're building this foundation, and people expressed the concerns last year at the end of the year. Oh, how are the Dolphins? They lost both coordinators, lack of continuity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Lack of continuity and personnel trumped that anyway. And you saw the Dolphins start slow. They were 1-3 in their first four football games. But as we stabilize the roster, and there is more continuity and more familiarity, and the key pieces are not brand new in January, in September every single year expect this September rate of 14% win percentage to steadily climb and if the dolphins can keep the momentum they have in the back half of the season and simply start faster this is a team that's going to be a playoff contender week in or year in and year out and this is a sustainable model because these are two completely different teams with two completely different rosters there's a few handful of familiar faces that carried over between both seasons. But Brian Flores, in two seasons of being the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, has won 67% of football games played in the months of November December. That's outstanding. And that's something I will point to as a big reason and catalyst for optimism as we look at the start of 2021 is we are not going to dramatically have 50% of the roster be new players for the third straight season. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about. Let DoorDash take care of your next meal. You want Chinese, they want pizza, and someone's craving for you There's something for everyone on DoorDash. And you can continue supporting restaurants in your community safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your front door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero in delivery fees in their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDON. That's $5 off your first order and zero in delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and use the code LOCKEDON.
0: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL draft. Check out mock draft Monday on the locked on NFL draft podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day.
1: All right, let's do it. It's power to the pod time, your questions, your topics, your discussion points, anything and everything pertaining to your Miami dolphins and sometimes not pertaining to your Miami dolphins. Uh, had some people reach out individually. Uh, so I want to give uh, some new friends of the show a chance to have their voices heard here. Uh, first question comes from Ryan Berger. If the Dolphins were to draft A Sewell, would he play right tackle, then put Robert Hunt at right guard, and keep Austin Jackson at left tackle, and put Solomon Kinley at left guard, and then extend Karras? So that is an interesting subplot to you know this pursuit of the number three pick which is all the rage for dolphins fans this week on social media is uh what do you do with the pick and if it is penne sewell and so many people want penne sewell the offensive tackle from oregon who is perceived to be a uh, once in a decade type prospect at the offensive tackle position how do you reshuffle your offensive line Uh, sewell would certainly be one of the five best players He's playing somewhere. I would venture to say that your best five, if everything else stayed the same along the offensive line, we bring back Ted Karras and we extend him, and you've got Eric Flowers under contract again, and I don't think that's a contract they will move on from this year, but potentially after 2021, you could see Eric Flowers moved on from. Eric Flowers may, in that scenario, be a $10 million per year backup player. Because I do think Solomon Kinley has a higher ceiling as an interior offensive lineman. I want him in the starting five. I want Robert Hunt in the starting five. Penny Sewell in the starting five, that's three. Ted Karras at center. So you're coming down to, okay, is it Jesse Davis that's going to play right guard or Austin Jet, and so yeah, probably you're probably charging Sewell with playing on the right side and playing the blind side for Tua Tagovailoa. That's a little risky, though, because Penny Sewell plays left tackle, and it is not as simple as simply just switching to the other side and leaving everything else the same. Grab a pen, if you're right-handed, put the pen in your left hand and sign your name. It's the same thing. You have to change the stance. The footwork is all reversed. The calls are all reversed. Uh, So if we're going to draft Pene Sewell, I would almost rather just play Pene Sewell at left tackle and figure out Austin Jackson. Um, I I think that for the sake of if you're going to make that investment in Pene Sewell, I'm not going to put too much stock in blindside pass protector or not. Uh, You need two good tackles, period. And that that would be a challenge for the Dolphins to have to work their way through, if that is ultimately the route that they choose to take. Uh, I had a question come in from Chris pertaining to you know the Dolphins and the, the narrative about discussing drafting a quarterback at three potentially, and uh, we spent a lot of time discussing that yesterday. But but Chris did point out uh, an article from a Dolphins website uh, that had built the argument to say from a Dolphins-specific website, yes, we should do this. Um, so I went through and I found the article, and it's it's. I'll say this about the proposal of, of what this individual who wrote this article uh, was suggesting. He was suggesting, yes, the Dolphins should suggest, should consider drafting a quarterback in the first round, but not at number three. It would be at 21 if Zach Wilson or Justin Fields are there. And yeah, I mean, if you're going to have players that are going to go in the top 5 of the 2021 NFL draft that are sitting there at hypothetically 24 and you lose in the wild card round. If you're going to have top 5 players at any position sitting there at in the mid 20s, you take that player. But, you know, the the whole crux of his article was Dolphins should consider Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, you know, with their second first round pick. Well, no, they're, that that's not going to happen. Because one of those two will be gone by the time the Dolphins get on the clock, most likely, either via the Jets or via trade. And the other one's probably going to go right behind them to either Carolina or Atlanta. So it's kind of a moot point uh, to, to explore, you know, second first-round pick quarterback conversation. Now you're really getting, uh, in my opinion, into the weeds. Cliffy Mack would like to know if we can nominate Bill O'Brien for Coach of the Year. Uh, no Cliffy Mac, we cannot. That belongs to Brian Flores as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but you could make a strong consideration for him being the uh, assistant executive or the runner-up for executive of the year behind Chris Greer because we're being totally uh, non-homeristic in suggesting that Greer and Flores deserve uh, those two honors. But go ahead and show me a better job that's been done this year. Go ahead. Show me a better job this year. With an assist, a major assist, of course, to our good fan, Bill O'Brien. The NFL playoffs are right around the corner, and if you're looking to get in on some betting action, there's only one place that have you covered and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free count at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code Locked On to receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.
0: This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
1: Interestingly enough, pertaining to uh, the odds uh, on this football game, the odds on betonline.ag for the Dolphins-Bills games, they're not available, uh, which... Seems to be another indicator and flag that uh, there is some tomfoolery afoot as far as the Buffalo Bills uh, are concerned. Um, this line was pulled, I believe, yesterday, um, shortly after you know Pittsburgh announced that they weren't going to start Ben Roethlisberger, and uh, Sean McDermott came out and said, you know, we have a plan internally on what we're going to do, but we're not going to you know disclose it at this point in time, and the line was pulled. So that should tell you that the odds makers are dialed into the chance and the the likelihood that Buffalo ends up kind of playing some games with personnel and who's playing and who doesn't and string that out all week long. If this game game comes back up and the line is plus four Miami, jump on it. Take it. Uh, Across the rest of betonline.ag, looking at some of the other odds for games that are pertinent to – your Miami Dolphins, uh, of course, there are the lines where Dolphins can lose and get in if they get help from one of three teams in the AFC. Here's the bad news. Uh, the Steelers are 10-point underdogs to the Cleveland Browns, according to BetOnline.ag, uh, with Mason Rudolph starting a quarterback. The Jacksonville Jaguars are two touchdown underdogs to the Indianapolis Colts, who are another one of the teams that the Dolphins could get into the playoffs with if they lose the football game. And, last but not least, the Baltimore Ravens are favored by 13 points on betonline.ag against the Cincinnati Bengals as the third and final team that could lose with the Dolphins' loss impaired to get the Dolphins into the playoffs. If you are looking for a silver lining on some betting action and the betting lines, uh, the Titans are touchdown 7.5-point favorites against the Houston Texans. Uh, Houston, of course, if they lose that football game, The Dolphins get the number three overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft, and BetOnline.ag thinks the the Titans will win by seven and a half, more than a touchdown. Continuing power to the pod. T-Coop wants to know how often we're going to change our intro song and when's the next time I'm changing it. Uh, Listen, as far as copyright purposes are concerned, I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes. We have a library available to us Uh, as locked-on hosts for what music we can use to roll into the show, I would love nothing more than to come in guns blazing with a bunch of songs that would get me hit with a copyright claim. But I'm not going to do it. Because if I do that, then I can't bring you this show every day. David. Analyst consensus opinions that Tua has had clean pockets and wide-open receivers to throw to in college. Please don't tell me we're going to fall back towards the seven-year Tannehill excuse a la he just needs better talent around him. This is an interesting question. Uh, I do think Tua Tagovailoa needs a lot better talent around him on the skilled players. But uh, the Dolphins were perfectly fine in the Ryan Tannehill era up until like year five in which they were trying to build around him, we'd plateaued, and they just refused to bring in any competition for Ryan Tannehill. The sins of the Dolphins with the Ryan Tannehill era was not that they stuck with him and that he was around for seven years. It was that there was no serious competition to ever push him or force him to level up his football game as a quarterback. So, magically enough, he goes... To Tennessee, he's the backup for two months. He's in a quarterback competition, and suddenly the switch flips, and the, the competitor in him pulls out a better version of him than what we'd ever seen before. So for the Dolphins, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not going to be a long-term competition for Tua Tagovailoa. That is what the Dolphins are going to have to do uh, to avoid the Ryan Tannehill plateau. Um, I don't think we're gonna see a. We may see a split debate on Tua Tagovailoa unless he takes the Dolphins to win a Super Bowl from the fan base, uh, but the general consensus of Tua needing more receivers who win at the line of scrimmage is a fair one to have, in my opinion. Brandon, what Dolphin coaches do you see trending up? Who is on the hot seat? Mine are Anthony Campanile and Eric Studsville on the hot seat. I don't necessarily know if I would... Dolphins fans are going to tell you Chan Gailey's on the hot seat and they're going to read into and overreact to a lot of the press conference blurbs, in my opinion, uh, that we saw yesterday coming from when the coordinators met with uh, the South Florida media and Chan talking about why the game gets called differently per quarterback. And I don't know... I wouldn't expect you to call the game exactly the same for two separate quarterbacks. You know, if we feel like Galey is selling Tua Tagovailoa short, you know that's one thing, and I think there's a, a body of an argument to be built there to some degree. But I don't necessarily think it's like, man, like we should just call the game exactly for two the way we called it for Fitz. Uh, you see more RPO concepts. You see more concepts that Tua Tagovailoa should be comfortable running. But when you have a guy that's a 16-year vet versus a guy who's a rookie and started eight games, their palette and their selection as far as what they've mastered and are going to operate and execute at a really high level, it's different. And, man, uh, if you do not follow the QB school, go swing over to the QB school and and listen and watch. JTO Sullivan did a 20-minute video on Ryan Fitzpatrick's fourth-quarter performance against the Raiders. And he did a really good job of showcasing, like, the highs and lows of Ryan Fitzpatrick, and like Ryan had a lot of bad process but good result plays against the Raiders as far as fundamentals, and his drops and his footwork and his accuracy and um, even just kind of you know they got they got down when Micah he caught the touch uh, the pass that put him down inside the red zone. They ended up kicking the field goal to tie the game at 16. J T did a great job spotlighting, and the, the Dolphins have run this a bunch. They've run it with Tua a bunch. It's an RPO and they got an isolated receiver. It was Mac Hollins who ran a slant coming down the goal line and it was the pass that Mac Hollins dropped. But to the top, they ran stick flat. And if you, as the quarterback, execute that RPO and you find your proper leverage where you like it, stick flat was wide open for a touchdown. Mac Hollins should have caught the ball on the slant on the other side of the field. It was an inaccurate throw, and Max still dropped it. The third down pass was the high and behind Mike Isecki because Fitz's eyes, you know, he's trying to play games. I don't know if he diagnosed one thing or another and expected a certain kind of coverage, and they didn't give him that. So there's somebody who kind of flashed in the throwing window, so he, he kind of choked up on the throw a little bit. Fitz has, from a mastery perspective, the mental side of the game. He is head and shoulders above Tuatanga Velo, and there's nothing wrong with that. Fitz has played in this system for seven years now, and he's played in the NFL for 16 years. Tuatango Velo has started eight games. To expect them to be on the same level mentally is not fair. But, as J.T. O'Sullivan points out, from a process perspective, Fitz's process at times against the Raiders was bad. But he still got good results because he mentally knew where he wanted to go with the football and was so dialed in against a bad Raiders team that really couldn't trick him. They, they tried to play games on the back end, and they had some success kind of confusing Tua early in the game with those, but they did not have success confusing Ryan Fitzpatrick with them. So from a physical perspective, the ceiling and the floor is higher with Tua low. From a mental perspective right now, Uh, The ceiling of the offense is higher with Ryan Fitzpatrick because he has more at his disposal. All that to get the coaches who are on the hot seat or on the rise. I think George Godsey's one to watch uh, as a potential promote and hire from within candidate. I really, uh, really am impressed. Any and every time I hear Gerald Alexander talk, I'm impressed. Uh, He's first-year coach. He was at Cal last year. I point to Godsey, Marion Hobby, and Gerald Alexander as three assistant coaches for the Dolphins that I am super impressed with, and I am excited to see how they continue their career with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Jeremy Walker, would you trade the number three pick for Derrick Henry? I would not. Uh, Derrick Henry, low-value position. He is one of these unicorns that can handle a big workload, and I think he would help the Dolphins' offense. No doubt about that. But uh, for his the economics, you know, the number three pick for a running back, a running back who has a ton of wear and tear on his legs over the last couple of seasons, a running back who is a high-priced player and a high-priced contract, all of those things add up. And I think you could, A, get a lot more value for the number three pick than a running back, and B, um, that is an investment that, that you're probably paying the number three pick for what he's done versus what he's going to give you moving forward. Uh, Andy Lawson, power to the pot. I like Tua, but I feel if anyone can help Dwayne Haskins turn around, it would be Brian Flores. Would you make that move? He would be cheap and provide great depth. He would be cheap uh, because Haskins top 20 pick for the Washington football team cut by the team because of some um, growing up that needs to take place with Dwayne Haskins, some maturity issues uh, as cited by Ron Rivera. and uh, He was out at the strip club. After one of the games this past in in the month of December, and uh, kind of all came to a head, he was stripped of his captaincy. Back last year, you know, he he missed the opportunity or missed snaps at the end of a game to take kneel downs to close out a win because he was like in the stands taking pictures on his phone or something like that. So there, there's some perspective there for a quarterback that I don't think that stuff would fly with Brian Flores. I don't disagree that like Flores is is more than willing to let guys come in and try and earn a second chance. And and Haskins is a talented thrower of the football. But from a quarterback process perspective, I don't think he's particularly impressive. Uh, He's a statue in the pocket. And um, I think Miami's going to want a little bit more mobility and extended play ability than Dwayne Haskins, especially with an offensive line that, you know, Thrives in quick game, and if you hold the ball in the pocket, which Dwayne Haskins does a lot, you're going to get the tar knocked out of you. It's going to close for us today here on Power to the Pod. Listen, you're going to want to catch tomorrow's show. It's a Locked On crossover with our friend Joe Marino of Locked On Bills. And If you have any familiarity with Joe Marino and I, we do a draft podcast five days a week together, Draft Dudes, a part of the Locked On Network. And uh, when we get together and talk Bills and Dolphins, uh, we have a good old time. It is a healthy rivalry between the two of us. Uh, I am sick of losing to this damn team. And I'm hoping for a win this weekend. And we're going to talk to Joe about uh, the outlook of a potential win. We're going to explore how the Dolphins can get it done. What the Bills' true intentions are. We're going to talk about Buffalo and their outlook as a legitimate Super Bowl contender. There's a lot to get into. And potentially the Dolphins can... No, Play spoiler a little bit. Ruin something for them. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? So hit subscribe. Come on back tomorrow. We got two more shows this week. Crossover with Locked On Bills and then Friday crafting the game plan to defeat the Buffalo Bills. If we get any clarity on what the Bills intentions are with their personnel, we'll tackle that along the way as well. Kyle Krabs, thanks as always for listening. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. I'll talk to you guys again soon.
0: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast at